This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q3.4, Vision, Recognizing Advantage and the Movement Required to Achieve It. If you've been in F3 for any time, you've probably heard the expression that F3 is an organization of leaders, not with leaders. So if you're listening to this, you are a leader. Obviously, each of us are a different kind of leader. Dredd and many of the others have been in the military and therefore developed leadership skills from that frame of reference. The closest I've been to the military is having a lottery number a single digit higher than those who got called during Vietnam. But professionally, I've been a team leader in different settings managing projects. And if you're married with children, you are a team leader. And since you are a team leader, vision is mandatory. So, what are Dred's three points for this week? First, through vision, the effective leader charts his group's pathway forward. Vision is the first of four leadership skills, the capabilities of effective leadership. Together, the leadership skills of vision, articulation, persuasion, and exhortation define what a leader does to influence movement to advantage. Through his vision, the effective leader can see the waypoints that form the pathway to the accomplishing the group's articulated purpose. He can see the way forward for the group. Second, because visualization is inherent in leadership, describing a man as a visionary leader is like saying that a lake is full of wet water. Water is by definition wet, so a substance that is not wet cannot be water. It is the same for a leader. A man who does not visualize cannot do what a leader does. Of course, as with any other skill, some men are more visionary than others. Therefore, a person can still be a leader without the vision of a Martin Luther or a Martin Luther King. They will just be a different kind of leader. A leader's vision is unique to him, but that doesn't mean that it must be the product of high genius or blinding or divine inspiration, although it might be. Unique may mean nothing more than a small change required to build a slightly better mousetrap, something incrementally different and better than the status quo. Finally, vision is a skill possessed by every person. Without trying to launch an eschatological argument, let us agree that, whether by divine spark or random selection, every person is empowered to visualize. Man alone among sentient beings can reason. While our individual natures and nurtures connect each of us in varying degrees to the perceived safety and comfort of our own status quo, we all nonetheless are able to visualize something different, some better outcome that is unique to our perception. To be incapable of that is to be not human. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion from a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet, talking about vision. So, let's, let's roll the opening. That's a good idea. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> that was great. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. 
My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. But that right. brings us now to the substantive portion, Yes, uh, which you and Slaughter and uh, Funny Bones all did a very good job on. I was, uh, we, we did our best. Uh, I was more than happy to, to, uh, to, to, to see, see the way you do it. Yeah. All right. So we are now in Vision, which is in the third quadrant, right? Yes. Which this is, is lead right. Q right? point. Q3.4, if. If you happen to be following along. In our idiotic <laughs> Statement for Vision is recognizing advantage and the movement required to achieve it. So, you know, we'll break. Yes. So break that down a little bit. You know, advantage just being a superior circumstance on the path toward uh, a group's articulated purpose, right? So, you know, F3 is a group. Our articulated purpose is to invigorate uh, male community leadership. Yes. Uh, one advantage along that path might be to plant a new workout, right? That might yeah, be could be. Advantage to uh, publish the Q source would be yes. a particular advantage, yep. hopefully. We'll see. Um, those I like think so. I hope to think so. Those are advantages. Now, recognizing advantages is part of vision, like seeing that. Yes. Saying, well, it would be good for F3. We, we, would, we would advance our uh, articulated purpose by planting work out in Kansas City. Somebody had that vision. Sure. And somebody saw it through. So that's the recognizing of the advantage part. The second part of that is the movement required to achieve it. Because it's yeah. one thing to say, you know, yeah. well, we have to put a man on the moon. Yeah, I'm an idea machine. Right. Yeah, Which great. is actually, now that I think about it, a pretty good example. <clears throat> so John F. Kennedy says, you know, we're going to put a man on the moon in 10 yes. years or whatever. That was advantageous to the United States of America. I think it... Uh, advanced our ultimate triumph over the Soviet Union in the Cold War because we forced them to spend money uh, and, and and made them insecure and made them afraid that we were going to own space and all that. Mm -hmm. so that, was, mm -hmm. that was good. That was a good advantage. Now, the movement required to achieve it. Well, that took quite a bit. Yeah. Um, quite a bit of vision. And I guess he had that kind of vision, too. He had a lot of help. Uh, I've heard this story, whether or not it's apocryphal or not, I don't know, but apparently that NASA was so well led during this period that uh, Kennedy was visiting NASA mm -hmm. and uh, at one point in time talked to a janitor, a guy sweeping up and, you know, asked you what are you doing around here? And he said, oh, we're going to the moon. <laughs> so even down to the, yeah. even down to a guy sweeping the floors, they had understood the vision, had been properly articulated and um, had persuaded guys to, to, yeah. to embrace it. So that's, that's, that's the movement, you know, that's critical. Movement is critical because that means you're moving away from the status quo Nobody wants to do that. Scary, painful, chaotic, right. all that stuff. So uh, recognizing it and also being able to assess and determine, man, what are we going to have to do to get there? Because what good is it really if you say, what if Kennedy had said, you know, my vision is we go to Mars? At that point, that wasn't doable. The yeah. movement required to get there would have been excessive and it would not have been a very good idea, right? Right. So, and he really would have had to have seen something much bigger than... Uh Right. Than, than what was there. That's yeah, right. That, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Too far reaching. That's right. <clears throat> All right. So we have three thought-provoking Socratics, as we always do. I am prepared, prepared to be provoked. Okay. Uh, first one is, how does a group determine what to do next? How does mm. a group determine what to do next? Second one, does an idea have to be big to be good? <laughs> how does it have to be big to be good? Finally, who <clears throat> has vision? Who who has it? Who has it? All right, so let's talk about the first one of those. Yes. All right, uh, you know, vision is the first of the four leadership skills, right? Yes. So you got vision, articulation, yep. right? Vape, persuasion, and exhortation, uh, and exhortation right? Um, that if there is not 
vision taking place within a group, it's by virtue, by definition, it's going to start to decelerate, right? Because you're either accelerating or decelerating. Right. So a so lot you, of yeah, without vision, you got nowhere to go. You don't know what you're doing. Right. That's right. Run around circles. That's right. A lot of what we do at in the executive group of F3, of which uh, both Franklin and I are members, is simply to cast vision, mm-hmm. like to sit down and think about where should we go next, right? What would be advantageous? And recently, uh, and Slaughter talked about it last week, so a little mm-hmm. bit much more about it in the future. You know, we've decided to uh, unify F3 Nation and F3 Foundation and create one new ent- overarching entity, which will share a board and yeah. group leadership, and we're going to enhance the fundraising, uh, accelerate the fundraising of the foundation, and get more involved in serving communities through uh, impact. Yes. Efforts towards a homeless, all sorts of stuff that we've already been doing. All the, yeah, disaster relief, right. all those kinds That's of things. Right. Yep. So that was the result of a collective vision that we had as the executive group, and we went on a retreat recently, and that's where we came to. That was yeah. a collective vision that we cast. Um, so we saw the vision, right? And then we went about determining the movement. Right. And to we get there. and to do that, we set out waypoints, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, they form the pathway to accomplishing the group's articulated purpose. So we that's we said, okay, if we're going to do that, this is what we have to do. You know, these are a series of waypoints we have to get to, and that's a part of leadership. So that's the answer to um, how does a group determine what to do next. So the spur for that is, through vision, the effective leader charts his group's pathway forward. Yes. That's what the effective leader does. Now, I am the Nantan of F3 Nation, but I didn't just send you guys an email and say. (laughs) Guess what? That would have been, that that, that would not have been good group leadership, right? That would not not have been shared leadership. No, that would have been top down. Top down. Told you what to do leadership. Told you what to do leadership. Yeah. You guys might have said, Oh, okay, man. Right. Right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> that's what we're doing now. Okay, whatever. All right. yeah. um, but you would not have uh, become invested in the idea. I would say there have been things where where that has happened. Not not in like a, hey, guess what we're doing now. But, right. you know, there have definitely been things where it's like, hey, I think we ought to do this. And, and we've just kind of said, oh, yeah, sure. Right. That's fine. Right. You know, whatever. But but on the big things, that's, that's never how it has gone. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It hasn't been that way. And, you know... Um, it wouldn't. I don't personally don't believe it would work that way. Oh, I know you don't. I mean, I go into these situations. I have vision. I know you do too. Um, Sometimes they match right away. But and but I want to share yeah. them and see where other guys on it within yeah. you know within the shared leadership team, like you and Slaughter talked about, um, and kind of bounce those visions off of one another. Some it's too soon. Mm-hmm. Some are too big. Yep. Some are not actually virtuous. Also true. Right. Yeah, we've we've dealt with all those. That's things. right. <laughs> Some are the result of a particularized enthusiasm yes you know and then say well i'm really enthusiastic about this however that enthusiasm may lead you down a path that's not consistent with the articulated purpose of the group you start working across purposes and you decelerate and then you lose because because you're you end up whether you like it or not whether you're intended that way to begin with you started focusing on your own uh, need rather than than advantageous for the group i think that America's law schools are in danger of this happening. I mean, a law school's purpose should be to teach people how to be lawyers, prepare them to, for a career in law. I would think. <clears throat> Within the last 10 years, law schools have been heavily invested in being uh, advocates for social justice. Mm. I think social justice is fine, however you want to define that. Right. But I don't think that's what a law school it's, should it's, be. Yeah, it's not the, the function of I can tell you it's hard enough to teach people. It's hard enough for me to learn how to be a lawyer. And spend yeah, half, I you know, I spend half my time debating issues of social justice and, and things that I that belong outside of law school. Yeah. But social justice enthusiasts 
seem to have infected law schools mm. so deeply that they're losing their focus on their articulated purpose. They're off the path. So that's the problem. Some of those visions are not being properly shared. Mm. Anyway, that takes us to the next, um, the next spur, which is some visions are bigger than others. Yes. You know, we think, so does an idea have to be big to be good? That's right. Uh, and the answer to that, as I'm going to say, is no. In fact, most, most visions are small. Yeah. And most visions build on a previous vision. So if you take flight, you know, like uh, yes. man's flight. Yes. I mean, the Wright brothers' vision was big. Yeah. Powered man flight. Powered we, man We're going to send men up there. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, and we don't know the names of the guys that came up with this. Right. But putting flaps on the wings was pretty big. We still use them today. We still <laughs> use them today, right? I mean, there's, there's, kind of right? Uh, impactful, yeah. Yeah, the idea of being able to fly without being able to see, like being in the clouds. Right. Right, you know, yeah. uh, IFR, right? Yeah. That was a big Pretty vision. big, pretty right. big deal. Right. Who came up with that? Yeah. You know, we don't know. It wasn't Wilbur and Orville. Right, so they're, they're built on a lot of very, very small visions. Yeah. Right, that, 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 don't, that don't jump out at you. Yes. Right? Sometimes we make the mistake... Uh, as people, as followers, were like, if it's not like, if it's not a big vision, you know, it doesn't. Then it's not really a vision. Or it doesn't really doesn't mean anything. And so I was just like reading the Twitter feed about last night's uh, the Democratic debate, and Oof. a lot of the statements made by one candidate and others like, we're not thinking big enough. Yeah. I'm like I don't know. <laughs> I don't need man. you. To- <laughs> does Does the organization of the United States of America, or the community, I guess, or both? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do are, Do we really need radical, drastic change right now? Maybe we do. Right. Okay. But, I, but I, that that leads me to this this next point, which is, it's much more difficult to institute movement towards a drastic, huge vision than yes. it is to a very small vision. Yes. So if the Wright brothers said, "Hey, we're just going to fly a plane for you know forty seven feet, twelve feet off the ground," right. And if that yeah, was it, that was it. And they're like, you know, "Now done." <laughs> well, you know, within sixty years, they flew to the moon. Right. Right. Man, man. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. Talk. It's pretty crazy when yeah. you think about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's certainly a large number of people who were alive mm-hmm. when the Wright brothers flew for the first time, who were still alive right. when, when a rocket, when we, we put people on the moon. I mean, that that's crazy, crazy. Yeah. But it would also have been insane for the Wright brothers to say, we're going to fly to the moon. Yeah. How about yeah. F- they said, no, we're going to fly they're to like, the next doom. Yeah. They're like, easy, Tiger. Yeah, Why don't you get 12 feet off 12 the ground? Feet off the yeah. ground. Right. <laughs> and, but I think that's, to me, that's more effective leadership is to say, here is a, a vision of the next step yeah. towards articulated purpose. Well, and, and the next step. Right. It's baked into the, into the statement at the beginning, right? It's one thing. So even if the Wright brothers had said to themselves, we're going to the moon. Right. As effective leaders, they would never have said that as the first thing. Sure. They first would have hit those waypoints right. and those right. things along the way. To say, what's the next movement that we right. need to make? And that's bleeding a little bit into persuasion because yes. persuasion is initiating right. first, first movement. movement. Right. Right. Uh, and, you know, to initiate first movement, you have to do a lot of persuasion, right? Yes. I, people, I, right. I apologize for bleeding. Continue. Yeah. To, <laughs> yeah, to get to, to, no, I, I didn't yeah, bleed. Yeah. To, get, to get people to depart from the status quo. Yeah. That's, you know, that's tough. Right. Right. Yeah. So virtuous leadership is almost always going to be. I'm gonna, you know, this is me talking. Smallish vision. Sure. Now, the, the, over the horizon, you may have some huge vision. Right. Huge vision, but you know, the initial vision is small. So the initial vision of F3 was, could we get a five-man workout group going in Charlotte? Right. right. That was and, the initial. And get guys vision. a little more fit. 
That was that's the, it. That was the initial vision. Yeah. You know, I mean, we invited a lot of guys. We really hoped we got five. <laughs> Within one year, we, you know, we thought we might get to 12 or 15 or whatever. And, you right. know, maybe we'd be cooking, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that. Well, 34 showed up on day one. Right. So the thing, that was a small vision that was really too small for the potential of it. Right. And we immediately had to reconstruct and make a bigger vision and get 43 feet out I was just from say, the that's people. That's the right? whole thing, right? That's the yeah. whole thing, right. So that's another good reason to not simply disregard small visions. Yeah. Because it, it might well be the first step of something big. And yeah. that's critical, right? All right, uh, third spur. Vision is a skill possessed by every person. Yes. Right. So we have this tendency to say, "Well, well, you know." That's right. Oh, Dread's the only guy with big visions. Yeah, I just, yeah. I was like Martin Luther, or, or, yeah. or Martin Luther King. You know, those guys had big visions, sure. right? But that's that's easy to see in hindsight. You know, to some degree, and guys yeah. sometimes get twisted up in the idea that you know, Martin Luther King wasn't necessarily sitting there thinking to himself, "You know, what's going to happen is, you know." Yeah, I don't. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Martin Luther did not intend to launch the Protestant Reformation. In fact, I think he was pretty upset that people named a church after him because he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And Martin Luther King was not necessarily looking to initiate an entire civil rights movement. I don't, yeah. But in both cases, they had a vision of fundamental fairness, which they could articulate very well and persuade. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Right? That's that's how it happens. So, uh, I mean, I think that's critical to recognize is you may not have... A, vi- a sweeping vision of a Martin Luther or a Martin Luther King. You may not have that kind of vision. Sure. It may not occur to you to say, well, we're going to reform the whole church or whatever. It may not occur to you. But you may come up with the, the better mousetrap. Yeah. Or the flaps to put on the airplane. Right. Whatever uh, it might be. Whatever it might be. And then you are taking part in a larger organization of people or a group of people who are joining the visions they have together mm-hmm. to seek mutual advantage for the group in which you're members. That's kind of the key to vision. It's really the yeah. key to, to what we call shared leadership. Right. It, and it requires you to check your ego at the door. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Now, um, Franklin, I know you know that I have a lot of visions, man. Constantly. And some of them are just... Wacko. No. <laughs> worse than wacko, they're dangerous. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I'm a dreamer, and I'm going to be a dreamer till the day I die. That's okay. But I got guns in my head. They won't go, man. I got spirits in my head. They just will not go. Franklin? Yes, sir. You got a face for it. <laughs> you know the funny thing about that? What's that? This is a podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front.